Welcome to Margin Business Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. In today's episode, we got Megla Bardwaj. Megla is the founder of India Sourcing Network. And we got Margaret Jolie. She is the co-founder of the India Sourcing Network. India Sourcing Network is definitely the go-to address if you want to source out of India. Welcome, Megla and Margaret. Uh, welcome to the Margin Business Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm really happy to have Megla here today and Margaret from India Sourcing. And let's talk a little bit about um, your background or maybe first, where are you located? And then how you got to such an interesting um, company or how you got there that you want to help people um, because there are so many options out there actually to source from. And um, yeah, just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're located, and then we take it from there. Right. So let me give a, a brief intro about myself and then uh, Mark can do the same. So I'm based in Singapore and uh, oh. my background is in sourcing. So I've been in the sourcing industry for 20 years. I worked in India, um, China. I lived in China for 10 years. I worked there and I'm currently oh. in Singapore. So it's it's all been about sourcing throughout my career, basically. And um, around three years ago, I saw that um, I started working with Amazon and e-commerce sellers in 2016 or so. And um, around 2018, I saw that, you know, people were looking for alternatives. Like everybody was sourcing from China, but then there was this trade war between the U.S. and China. And because production costs in China also have been going up. So people were looking for alternatives. And that's when I started helping Amazon and e-commerce sellers source products from India. And initially I started a trip to India where, you know, it was a eight day guided trip where we took people to India on a sourcing tour. We visited a trade show and uh, we, we actually sourced there, visited factories. But then of course COVID happened. So we couldn't do the trip anymore. And um, then Margaret and our third partner, Kevin and I, all three of us came together and then we founded India Sourcing Network uh, in 2021, actually early 2021. And uh, we basically started helping Amazon e-commerce sellers source virtually. And what we do is uh, we've created a B2B sourcing platform where we've um, got vetted manufacturers, exporters, and uh, service providers, and basically everything that people need to source products from India. Okay. Yeah. That sounds, uh, sounds really good. Um, yeah. First of all, in China, for example, you have been living 10 years in China, so you have really a yeah. good overview what is uh, what is going on there. Um, what did you exactly do there? I mean, that you got into the industry and everything. Is there some relation to the already to the sourcing? I mean, you mentioned that you were in sourcing from the beginning, so you must have a good overview what is going on there. Yes. Yeah, so I was working for a company called Global Sources, okay. and uh, they basically help you know, they organize exhibitions and they have a website um, and it's sort of a supplier directory. So I worked with them for most of my career in China and I was producing research reports when I was there. So I was visiting factories okay. so, and yeah. uh, writing about, you know, how products are manufactured. And then these reports were published and sold to importers. And then I was doing other, uh, you know, roles as well in global sources throughout my career. I've done various roles working closely with buyers and suppliers and then I also ran my own sourcing agency uh, with my husband over there. So I've you know done the sourcing myself as well, and also seen 
things from the perspective of you know buyers and suppliers working at global sources. Sorry to interrupt your video. I just wanted to let you know that I really appreciate you having you here today, watching this video right now. And I wanted to let you know that Margin Business can help you with your listing optimization and localization in the European Union in order for you to sell more. If you got any questions about this, just send us an email, info at marginbusiness.com or through LinkedIn. We are very active here as well. Now, enjoy your podcast. Sorry. One more thing. If you like our content, please hit the subscribe button and give us a thumbs up. Thank you. Now, enjoy. Okay. That sounds, uh, sounds already really good. Very interesting. And uh, Margaret, um, how did you come into the, uh, the sourcing and what is your, what is your background? Um, well, uh, I suppose all, all my life I've just managed businesses and, you know, we've had our own business and things like that. And uh, about nearly six years ago, I sort of were looking for something to, to do and we moved into the e-commerce field and started sourcing from China like most people do. Yeah. Um, we were on our way to Canton Fair to find some more products and stopped off in Hong Kong, which was the best thing that ever happened. We actually um, went to, it was called the Mega Fair in Hong Kong and stumbled across an Indian supplier and that sort of just changed our whole direction. Um, we, you know, got on really well with them, found some great products, different products. Uh, it just wasn't like going onto Alibaba and seeing the same. It was really all very totally different to what was available. Um, so it was something that I just thought, yeah, that's it. That's what I want to do. So by the time we got to Canton Fair, it was uh, not really interested in this. Um, so that basically from that day on, um, we sort of wound down our China products and uh, moved into sourcing from India. And we have been doing that um, ever since. And then we actually went uh, with Megal on her inaugural trip as coaches. And um, we've just, I suppose the rest is history. We've just gone along and no more trips. So we started doing virtual shows and um, just, you know, working with suppliers and it's just grown. And I mean, we're constantly every week, we do something different and it's just growing and growing. And I think um, India is just so, you know, so different to China. Um, there are some cons and, you know, of both places but um you know i wouldn't go back and change to china again at all i'd give up i think <laughs> okay so i can hear in both of you there is a lot of uh, uh entrepreneurship um a lot of testing a lot of uh, trying so it's not just you just come out of nowhere and saying listen this is good this is not good no you really lived it you really done it um there is there is a lot of history behind it um because when I'm, when I'm looking uh, at it from the media perspective and what we get fed every day, uh, it's obviously China is the number one. We, we should source out of China because products is, uh, is, are fast, products are cheap. Um, the infrastructure in China is fast, faster than uh, other developing countries. Um, now people woke up a little bit because of the containers, obviously. And now it's not so funny anymore when you pay 23,000 per container uh, shipping into the US. And then in the port of Los Angeles, it looks like uh, a queue to buy some bread, you know? So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not anymore the same. So 
what could be different uh, when you source out of India? Um, will will you hit the same um, roadblocks, or is there is it will it be different? Because obviously they take the same routes. So there are a couple of things, and uh, you know, first of all, China is the main production hub in the world currently. I don't think there's any other country that can compete with China in terms of the volume of products that it produces and the variety of products. So in China, they can manufacture anything and everything. It's not a matter of if it can be manufactured, it's a question of how much can it be made for, right? I mean, that's the reality of today. China is the world's factory. And by default, most people would go to China, but increasingly there are other production hubs that are coming up that are specializing in certain categories and certain products. So for example, you know, Vietnam is coming up really fast in furniture and apparel and you know other, other types of electronics as well. Um, similarly, Bangladesh has really positioned itself as again, a garments manufacturer. Sri Lanka is doing the same thing. And so similarly, India is in a great position to, um, you know, India is specializing in certain categories, first of all. So for example, apparel and any textile based products can be sourced very easily from India. And um, labor costs are actually lower in India than they are in China. So if the product is labor intensive, then you'd find that the prices may be lower in India than they are in China. And in fact, that's one of the reasons why a lot of the low end production has been moving out from China because, uh, you know, brands, they don't want to, uh, they want to keep their production costs low. And so they're always looking for, okay, where's, where's the, 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 where's the labor cost the lowest and they're sort of going to those production sure. hubs. So apparel, textile-based products, and uh, specifically cotton-based products. So India is the, the leading supplier or producer of cotton in the world. And so anything, if it's made out of cotton, that's really good to source from India. And then there are other categories such as wooden and metal products. And Amazon sellers are really finding a lot of success in these kinds of categories. They are home products, home decor items, kitchen items that are handmade from um, you know, metal, uh, different types of metal, like brass, copper, aluminum, and also wood, like mango wood, acacia wood. So those are the two categories that, in, that Amazon sellers are really finding success in. And then there are other things like leather, genuine leather. Um, there's glass, ceramic products. There's um, you know, different types of furnishings, uh, furnishing items like rugs, cushion covers, bedspreads, all of those categories. Toys are coming up as well, but not as much. Um, the one thing that you won't be able to find in India much is electronics and electrical products. Those are still mostly produced in China, although that is changing. There are a lot of companies being set up in India that are producing electronics um, on an OEM basis. And um, a lot of the mobile phone companies, in fact, the bigger brands are setting up factories in India initially to target the domestic market. But as they increase their production, there will be, you know, supply chains will develop. And then gradually there'll be more electronics production in India as well. But as of now, it's mostly limited to home products, fashion products, um, and eco-friendly products. That's another big category. So if you're interested in anything that's made out of, you know, like jute or um, um, uh, plant-based materials, for example, there's a lot mm -hmm. of innovation and interesting developments in, you know, cactus leather, cork leather. Actually, they're not leather, they're more like materials. So those okay. kinds of eco-friendly products are also um, very popular from India. Okay, that's, uh, that's very interesting because, you know, it's a very uh, 
big variety of items which you already can source uh, uh, out of India, which I'm sure many people don't 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 even know about. So that's good to raise the awareness. Um, Margaret, would would you recommend just to yeah okay? And now I want to buy something in India. Just take a plane, fly into Delhi, um, take a tour guide, and just drive around the factories and and just try to get somebody who's selling you some products what do you recommend definitely not uh look it's too vast um because there's there's hubs but i mean it's not just down the road it's like um or moribadad which is the metal and um some they do some wood there as well i mean we've done the trip and it's like a hair raising sort of five hour trip or something in the traffic uh to there so i mean you would you know, and then you'd have to know your way around and have someone organise the factory tours. It'd be very difficult, um, I think, just to go, like, door knocking um, on factories like that. I think you really need to um, find out where you want to go and, you know, which hub. I mean, if you want to go, you know, to Jaipur or Agra, you know, depending what products you're after, you need. And, I mean, there are some of them are flights, you know. It's not just okay. a matter of, um, you know, going. So you need to, to find out what you're really looking for. But I think, um, and, like, when we organise once the Delhi Fair is, or we can go to the ABCH again, hopefully in October, um, you know, that is a really great way to actually go and, you know, there's stalls. Well, we're there for three whole days and we don't even probably get around the whole thing. So, um, you know, it's not as big as Canton, but it um, has lots and lots of, um, you know, really products. And I find um, they're all different. Like you don't walk past it Canton, you know, you go past... 100 stalls of cutlery or whatever and they all look the same whereas you find a lot of the products are they might be made of metal but they have their own distinct look Um, so most of the manufacturers do things a little bit different so um, and the thing is because it's all handcrafted it's not just you know you go on a rally barber and you're looking for a a vase or something or a jug and they're always very similar whereas in India they're made of different materials and they mix their materials well like you might find they do a lot of um, say marble and wood together or metal and wood so it's not just um, you know something that's you know on a machine and all produced it's, it's you know thought about and they'll put you know resin there's lots of great different products that um, I, you know, I haven't seen before until we actually, you know, got involved with India and you're just blown away every time we, we have a new supplier on and you think, oh, wow, it's just, you know, I'd like some of everything, um, even for my home, because it's just, you know, beautiful. And the people are really nice. I think that's another good thing is that they're great to deal with as well. Okay. So, so actually, how I understand it is like, if you want to source in China, obviously best is to go to India Sourcing Network. Second of all is that there is different, um, I mean, it's a huge country. So you have different regions which selling different, where you can get different products, correct? So you cannot, uh, uh, I don't know where the cotton fields are. You go somewhere where not, where the cotton fields aren't. So you, you won't have the same price or the same items which you actually have, where is, in, where, the, where is the product natively coming from, correct? So it's really in different categories, correct? Yes, yes. There are production hubs for different uh, products and the production hubs are by material. So like Mark said, Moradabad is a city in the north where they make all of the metal products. And similarly, okay. there's a, a, a city where they make all of the wooden products. There's one that's known for marble. And the city that's actually known for marble is where Taj Mahal is. And Taj Mahal is, of course, made of marble, right? <laughs> 
so that's how that city has developed, you know, like over hundreds of years, um, there are these artisans in each of these cities that actually produce these kinds of uh, products, they hand make these products. And uh, what has happened is, you know, previously they used to make these products maybe for the kings and queens or whatever, or, you know, their forefathers used to do these, uh, used to handcraft these items made of these certain materials. And nowadays there are factories and, you know, exporters that have tapped uh, into this skill set of artisans and they have scaled this whole handcrafted industry and made it into a big export industry. So there are, you know, it's, it's a more organized kind of way to um, uh, export and manufacture handmade products because actually the products are made by artisans. Some of the artisans work in factories full time. Some of them just work from their home. Some of them come into, you know, like community centers in their villages or cities and they work together on products over there. So it's a very different kind of setup than China, you know, for the handcrafted industries, of course. But then at the same time, there are factories that are, you know, um, monitoring the QC, for example, because for exports, quality control is super, super important. So it's, you can't just, you know, give the product to a to the artisan and they won't be able to manage you know the QC and the, you have to make sure that the colors are consistent and the finishing is done well so the factories manage all of these things they have assembly lines or you know they do the finishing in-house they have quality control inspectors then there are also third-party inspectors that you can employ and you can send them to the factory to do maybe a pre-shipment inspection or even a, a midline inspection when the product is being manufactured so it is a, a really nice combination of this handmade these handmade products by artisans and then the scalability and uh, the export readiness of the factories i mean that's uh, as well interesting because most of the countries what the problem what they have is when we talk about artisanal work um mm -hmm. it's that after some point the, the the scalability is is just not possible anymore you know you, yeah it's um and then you you know you have customers who are asking for the product and you cannot deliver and then you panic and you go to another country for example and yeah. you try to get the same product but it's not the same product obviously because it's uh might be a machine made you know you and this is where so this will not happen in india right because they can scale they have the manpower they have the the, the people who can actually uh, produce uh, uh, all of this if you need uh, a bigger amount after you after the product is uh, actually accepted by uh, your audience or your customer base. Exactly, it's very easy to scale in India. In fact, there are large retailers like uh, you know Anthropology or um, even Walmart and IKEA. Like all of these big retailers okay. are sourcing in containers in India. So it's just a matter of finding the right supplier. Because there are all types of suppliers. There are small workshops with, you know, 10 people. They, of course, don't, won't be able to scale as much as maybe a bigger factory that has, uh, you know, hundreds of workers. So it's a matter of finding the, the supplier that's right for you in terms of your scalability. If you're just a small importer and you're, you have limited capital, sure. you don't want to go to the large company because they will not entertain you at all. So you have to find the right supplier in terms of scale and expertise as well. Okay, okay. Uh, and Margaret, for example, uh, you have been in India, you have seen as well uh, a little bit what is going on there. What about the, the infrastructure, the railways, if, obviously, if you're a bigger company, because Megla, you have been talking about Walmart, uh, you have been talking about the bigger uh, IKEA, um, they need obviously a good infrastructure like railways and, uh, railways and uh, 
uh, all the uh, truck support and you know to drive around the country to bring it to the ports and then eventually to put it on a ship and and ship it over do you know a little bit about the differences what we can expect from uh, products which coming out of china obviously the way is a lot less um, if you look at yeah. the uh, time frame but as well they they as well go through the suez canal they as well um, or south africa depending on the on the road they have but at the end when they arrive either europe or the us what, is there any difference i mean with the with the docking or with the uh, paperwork with the whole um, process um, uh, what is going on at the moment because as you mentioned there is a cold war between uh, china and uh, uh, and the united states because of uh, of the goods that were swap swapping the market for the last uh, decade and uh, india doesn't doesn't do that so other products of india maybe more welcome or faster to process than other products? Oh, look, there's a few things to look at that. I suppose the first thing is that India doesn't have, not like China, a port in every, I suppose, hub. Um, the okay. main port is Mumbai or Navashiva port, which mm -hmm. is, um, for those that don't know, um, it's sort of about halfway down on the, uh, depends which way you're looking west, at it, I suppose, west the coast. west coast, west coast. Uh, yeah, of, um, of India. So um, then, but like, so if you're coming from up the, you know, like Agra or um, Morabada, any of the, the northern um, sort of areas, it's probably about a four day and it usually goes by truck. In most instances, most of okay. the, um, oh, the goods go down okay. by truck. So that's how most of it would travel. And so if you're shipping, that's where you would go for probably 90% of the products. The ones that are coming out of the south might go down um, to the lower ports. Just depends. There's a couple of smaller ports that, that the shipping, you know, does go to from around the country, but most of the shipping leaves from Navasheva. So that, um, I suppose, but look, up until now, it hasn't been a problem at all. There's been, you know, plenty of ships, you never, you just send your goods there, it's ready, and, you know, the ships go two days, I think it's Monday and Thursday that was going, so you just get on the ship and off you go, but the bonus is that the ships actually go the other way, so we'd suggest that you always go to the east coast of America. Okay. So, and it's okay. only about 21, 21 days, uh -huh. 22 days shipping, so yes, you exactly. save a lot. And then, of course, you don't end up having to go into California or, you know, all the crowded ports because um, the East Coast um, is a lot less congested. It slowly, I think a lot of the ships are being diverted. There's been such a queue um, on the West yeah. Coast. They've diverted a few over. So the last um, sort of month or so, there has been a bit more congestion on the East Coast and maybe, you know, about a five-day delay with getting the ship into dock and getting through customs and, and you know out again but most of the time up you know the last four years we've been dealing i mean you just my goods are on their way they're at the port yes i'll be going on the next ship they're off and you know they're in your 3pl or into amazon very quickly so i think all that is um a lot more beneficial and we had didn't have the container prices i think the dearest was about twelve and a half thousand for a 40 foot okay and about 10 or something for a um, 20 foot so you know that hasn't and it's it's about still about that now it hasn't really um dropped back down to the three or four or whatever we're used to um and i don't you know whether in the whole world whether we'll ever see that again i think the shipping lines yeah, have seen this is a bit of a you know the price is up they're paying it let's keep it up a bit i mean hopefully it'll, it'll stabilize but i think there's so many you know issues with transportation in the states all you know the ports everything like that is 
is not, you know, helping all the, the costs that we, we're seeing on a shipment because obviously when it arrives, it's got to go from the port to somewhere and that's where there's a lot of higher um, sort of, you know, costs as well. But one other bonus, I think, and a lot of people aren't aware of it, is coming um, out of India, we don't have the trunk tariff because... Um, oh, so yes. look, yeah. some things I know, for instance, say leather bags and stuff, it's about 40% duty when you're coming out of um, China. It's 10% coming out of India. And oh, 10%, my, that's a lot less. 10%, yeah. Well, look, I only pay, the highest I, I've ever paid is 4% duty on any of my products, and I do wooden metal. Wow. So, that's, uh, uh, some I of them are free. Some of my products don't even have duty. I've got okay. some wooden products. What, what products, for example, that will be interesting? Just wood, anything made of wood, basically, for home decor and stuff. Okay. I don't pay um, any duty on. Um, some of my metals, things I pay uh, 4% on. I was only paying 2 That's gone up to, to 4 But, yeah, so, I mean, that's a huge saving. So if you're getting, a, you know, a product cost from China for $10 and you go to India, you can afford to pay, you know, a lot, yeah. lot more. I mean, you can pay an extra 3 or $4. Um, and then so you're saving on your shipping as well, of course, because the shipping is, you know, is, I think, well, you know, depending what happens with the whole China and everything else in the future, um, the shipping is, is also, um, you know, at least equal to, if not more cost effective. Well, that's uh, that, that's very positive points to uh, to source outside of, uh, of China, most definitely. Um, so, yeah, uh, moving on to this, because... What I see as well, the trend, the trend is completely going uh, away from China because people understand, I mean, makes it logic if you, for example, if you, if you live in Malaysia or if you live in Singapore, uh, it's logic to, to source out of China, you know, because the, um, the economics and uh, the politics are very China friendly. So you can, you know, bring products in, sell on Lazada. Everyone does that. I think it's, uh, that's, that's really good. And the, the turnaround time is very fast. The shipping is cheap if you don't have too big uh, um, uh, loads of uh, 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 merchandise coming in you can even uh, send them via plane um, so it will be as well very fast in your warehouse but if you are in the us for example and look at china i mean it's very far you have india india is really good because of the as you just mentioned taxes infrastructure um, only 21 days but there's as well countries like mexico um, like Morocco, like Turkey, the Eastern countries. And they all, obviously they are not, I would say India is number two at the moment from uh, after, if we come after um, after the United States. And all the countries that I just mentioned now, I mean, Turkey is as well very large at the moment for, for a lot of products. But I think the infrastructure at the moment is, is uh, really uh, still in India and the others try to, really come, come up with something because it, no matter where you source, be it uh, Mexico, um, it's very near to the United States. But actually, uh, I think with the, art, the artisanal side, sorry, <laughs> this it's really, um, after a while, you might have problems with, with, with stocking up because the, the, you, know, you cannot, maybe the, the, the leather, for example, there's very good leather coming out of uh, Mexico. You have these, these great cowboy shoes and and all that, uh, uh, all these uh, jackets and everything, but you know, to really have it in a in a monster production like coming out of India out of China, I think it's not ready yet, or I'm or I am misinformed, you know. But usually, usually, 
the both of the countries like China and India are still um, the ones which are which are the strongest in this. So I do see a trend going away into all of these countries which are actually nearer to our homes. For example, for me in Europe, Morocco is like, you know, 12 kilometers away, you know, so I can just, you know, uh, there, there's a, if I, if I need merchandise, there's a ship coming over or even uh, there's individual transports with a truck um, which are crossing over the border, which, which is very convenient. Uh, for example, same as for the US, same as for, uh, for, for Asia, for India as well. I think, I think at some point uh, there will be more and more business coming into India, uh, taking, uh, taking obviously away from China. What, what about all the plastic, um, all the plastic business uh, uh, things, what could be done in China, obviously the whole, um, uh, the whole process. I mean, is there any way that uh, India can as well do the same production in, I mean, in, uh, in a rap rapidly liked and, and uh, efficient like China? So as of now, there's not much of the, you know, high volume, low value kind of production happening in uh, for plastic specifically in India, but it's changing. We are seeing more factories being set up for things like silicon products. So it's not as, uh, you know, high, uh, high volume as like silicon baking mats in China, for example, there are um, you know, hundreds and thousands of factories producing millions of pieces every day. It's not at that scale, but we're increasingly seeing more factories set up for more niche items. So for example, recently we interviewed this pet products factory and yeah. they initially started with uh, pet bowls and they were making, you know, like metal and wood and all of those pet bowls. And then they diversified into eco-friendly pet toys and products. And now they're also doing silicon products. So they have set up a separate facility for silicon uh, uh, mats for, uh, you know, like pet bowls and foldable silicon kind of products. So they are doing those things. And there are also some kitchen products that we have seen where they're making like uh, cutlery and, you know, spoons and ladles and okay. the, 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 the handles are made of silicon, for example. So we're seeing more of that. But as of now, for most products, if you want to, you know, source like plastic widgets or, you know, kitchen plastic items and all, China is the place to go. But increasingly, there are more factories being set up um, and there's more investment coming into the, okay. the manufacturing sector in, in these industries. Yeah. Okay. So I think, I think everything is very favorable uh, for, for India and as well uh, for the products and the demand gets higher. So... How can uh, anyone contact you who's interested in sourcing from China? Obviously, as we already have uh, said before, don't just sit and go to the plane and, and drive around daily to find some, uh, <laughs> some factories. Just go with India Sourcing Network. Uh, where can anyone contact you? I guess you're on LinkedIn, website. Yeah, so there are a couple of ways. First of all, you can go to our website, indiasourcing.net. And you can search for any supplier that you're looking for. <laughs> yes. And um, you can just do a search for any type of product that you're looking for and contact the suppliers directly uh, via the website. And then you can also go to the services section and then find any, you know, like sourcing agencies or freight forwarders, quality control, 
lawyers, packaging companies. So we've vetted all of these different service providers and all of these companies are being used by us personally or people in our community as well. So they're, you know, trusted service providers and you can, um, you know, they provide good service. We stand behind them. So it's not like anybody who's, you know, just listed on the website. We have partnered with these companies and we have vetted them. And, you know, they, they, they are, um, they also understand Amazon requirements. That's something else to consider because okay. not everybody, like not all freight forwarders, yes for example, would understand Amazon requirements. So we vetted all of these companies really well. And so that's the other thing. You can contact any service providers that you need. And then we've also got a lot of education because we realized that everybody knows how to source from China, but nobody knows how to source from India. So we had to start by educating people and informing them. And so we do workshops on how to source from India. We do a mastermind. We also um, you know, have like free content. We do webinars. And okay. we also have a Facebook group that's free to join. So anybody interested uh, in just exploring and if they want to see if this is right for them, they can join our Facebook group. Just search for Sourcing from India uh, on Facebook. Join the group. It's free. And um, they can come in and ask any questions or, um, you know, they can just look around the group and see other questions that people have asked or just watch other webinars too. Great. That's uh, that's really amazing. I will put all the links uh, anyway under the video and Try to put the, 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 the important ones as well within the video. Um, one last questions I have, a question I have for you. Um, what would be a message to any entrepreneur out there how they should uh, uh, move on from now on? Because, uh, you know, all these times, it's a challenging times. Now we already spoke about the China, India uh, uh, sourcing, all of this. What should they do? What, what would be your main uh, message for them? Mark, do you want to take this? Well, I think probably look at diversifying, number one, um, and, you know, yeah. like even, you know, if you've been sourcing from China, particularly um, the, the products that you can get from India. Now, something that you can't really get is bamboo. So, I mean, um, that is very China-centric, but they have some beautiful woods like mango wood, really lovely wood in India as well. So, I mean, you have to slightly change your product to do to do that if you if you wanted to do it but there are so many products that um, I think you could either change slightly if you wanted to go to India or just move into another niche and get something that's um you know sort of a lot easier uh, I think to not have the competition because it's not like um you go on Alibaba and whatever you're looking for there's page after page after page of the same product um you don't find very much of that at all um, wherever you search um, you know you just don't get the same product I mean we we now know what India products look like so we can go and go oh yeah that's made in India we can tell when we're looking at things but um, other than that they're just always so different and I think that's the biggest thing that you can also now it's easier to differentiate because you're going um, to find something that nobody else really is selling that particular look not that, not the product, but, you know, whether it be, you know, a wooden salad bowl or a cake stand or whatever, there are really, um, I suppose, Indian appearance of those goods, the way, you know, that they, they just have a different spin on how they do the products. And they're not just turned out on a machine, you know, hundreds and then, you know, sure. slap with everyone's logo on the side as they come off at the end of the day. So you are getting something that's, you know, a lot 
more unique and and if you do want to um, change something because it's handmade it's usually not a mold not everything needs you know the couple of thousand dollar mold or whatever I mean a lot of the products in India can be changed without the cost of a mold I mean it depends what you're doing and you know what the, the product is so or if you've got your own design it's very easy they you know will help you with your own design so there's I think a lot of benefits in all those things so I think it's diversification and just not being same same I think I think that's a very good message to uh, really in this in this challenging times we have to be very um, diverse diversifying everything and be very flexible not to stick to one thing and really try out things um, yeah because you know the time is asking for for this we cannot anymore just uh, you know ride on one wave and 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 expect that is going to work so yeah thank you so much for this message thank you for your time um, for explaining more about India sourcing and uh, yeah I hope we speak soon. Thank you so much for having us. Bye. Thanks.